Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network as we in another edition of the Landry Football Podcast. Um, we're going to talk about what is really important at the scouting combine. We talked about it a little bit when we had our podcast, The History of the Scouting Combine, and we encourage you to go back and listen to that as that gives you an, an, an idea how it started really back in the 60s and then in the 70s. Combine really didn't start to the 70s, but how what happened in the 60s led to that. As a former director of the Combine, I can tell you inside what really happened and what is the true skinny on it, as opposed to other people who just kind of have attended the event. But having run the event gives me a little bit of a different perspective. So I want you to check that out. And a reminder, LandryFootball.com, you can get more information on the draft, free agency, NFL all year long. Take advantage of our scouting season offer that we have up now and subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. So you're going to sit down and watch the Combine, and you're going to hear media reports from the Combine. And from a public and a media point of view, there are three separate events. The first is a TV show, a marketing media event staged by the league in the NFL network. So what you see in here, the second is a convention in a trade show in the hotels and facilities adjacent to Lucas Hall Stadium. You've got NFL Competition Committee, NFL Physician, uh, uh, Physician Society, NFL Players Association, and their affiliated player agents meet. It is where the video directors meet. Uh, it's, again, where the trainers meet. Um, naturally, this collection of all these football people draw an army of the media. They occupy an entire concourse and meeting space at Lucas Oil Stadium. The third is the actual workouts, the testing and working out of NFL players, all team executives, uh, many and uh, all the really head coaches and coordinators, all the scouting staffs, position coaches come and go with their respective groups. The entire event stretches seven days. It has a big effect on Indianapolis economy. Um, so it, it, it's done for convenience. It's done for organization. We've been in Indy, not because of, you know, the great weather in Indy in February. Folks, most of this is done inside. This is all into the effect. The only thing you do outside is maybe to walk to St. Elmo Steakhouse, Ruth Chris's Steakhouse, whatever. Um, you're going to inside convention center. We've been doing this to 1987. Now the league may screw it up by moving it after 2024. We'll see. But the problem that we have in the league now is that we're too much more marketing driven. And the more you get away from the reason why myself and others started the combine was for the efficiency of getting the information, the pertinent information on the top draft prospects in one place that could be shared and then separately evaluated by each team. Um, Indy is also a great location because it's somewhat centered in this in the country. So you've got players from Seattle to LA to Miami to you know Maine all coming in. And so it is, you know, a decent distance, but it's not like going from Seattle to Miami or Miami to L.A. It is fair to have 
the players that are participating in the combine to not have the longest trip possible. Everyone's going to have, you know, a decent little trip unless you're in that Midwest and you're not far from Indianapolis, but it's a centrally located area. But it is because of the fact that everything from how the convention center is so big, it can accommodate all the medical tests that we do. It can accommodate the workouts just walking distance away. It has everything. All the hotels right around. It's just, there are a lot of places, but it has to be done indoors. It has to be free from weather because that could alter your workout numbers if it's a little windier one day than the next. And so you have to have the right place. You have to have it centrally located out of the weather. Uh, and, 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 you know, all those things I think are important. And then it takes a tremendous amount of organization to get all this done. It's not like the Super Bowl. It's far more detailed and complicated with things going on that have to run like a finely tuned machine than the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is about the one week event leading to the big game. And you can do that in a cookie cutter setting from city to city. The combine, if you put it in a place, you might have great hotels and conventions in a stadium. But do you have the ability to get all the medical equipment, which is 90% of the reason we're at the combine in the, the central location? No one has come close to getting it done with the same type of efficacy as Indianapolis. Um, it's all done in the stadium and within a block away. If specialized tests are necessary, the Indiana University Medical Center is only two, three blocks away. So even in the most unusual circumstance, boom, you've got the Indy Connection vans that can get them there in lickety split. The players are housed across the street from the stadium. If the weather's inclement, there's no need to go outside. All the hotels are connected to the covered indoor and outdoor walkways. So you, you could wear shorts and a t-shirt and zero degree weather in Indianapolis and never get outside. Now, it doesn't have the glitz. That's not what the combine is about. It's gotten too glitzy and it's starting to affect the ability to get your done work done the way it needs to be. What football people will hear is to gather information in the evaluation and testing of NFL pros, 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 prospects. Not looking for glitz. It's a seven-day marathon. Um, you go from 6 a.m. in the morning to midnight. Um, you know, I would have to, you know, I spend time between competition committee meetings, which ran from, you know, long days, agent meetings by top free agents, strategy sessions with our pro staff and head coach and approaching free agency. Uh, and then once the players get here, all the attention is on them as draft prospects. Uh, the players in attendance are nominated by the 32 teams scouting staffs. A committee of respected general managers and then they add names to uh, likely underclassmen entrance is organized by position groups that arrive and depart at staggered times during the week. As an example, defensive linemen and linebackers arrive on Monday for orientation. They spend Tuesday taking medical exams. 
They do interviews with the 32 clubs. Wednesday is devoted to orthopedic physicals and media obligations. Thursday is when they work out in the stadium. And on Friday, they bench press and depart for Indianapolis. And every other group does the same thing just the next day in staggered days. Each of the position groups, the running backs, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the tight ends, the offensive linemen, the defensive backs, the kickers, and the punters follow suit on successive days. The final on-field workout ends the combine on Sunday. For television purposes, the on-field workouts have been moved to the late afternoon and evening on Thursday and Friday. Then the on-field workouts begin at 3 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Um, It starts at 1 p.m. on those days. In previous years, the on-field work began at 8 a.m. and concluded at 3. This gave everyone a three-hour break before the evening interviews and teams. This new schedule will require adjustments by team. The interviews are an important part of the combine. It is the most important, particularly the psychological testing, the most important next to the physical interviews, the, the, uh, the physicals, the medical physicals. Each club has a small reading uh, meeting room uh, allotted to them at the Players Hotel. They're allowed to name 45 players from the roughly 325 to interview during the combine. The combine staff performs the task of scheduling these sessions, which are limited to 20 minutes each, strictly monitored. An air horn bellows and begin each session. Um, in previous years, three hours each night were set aside for interviews. Um, because of the dog and pony show that it's become, Less time is put in with that. Not a good thing. Um, you know, um, I like to use this time for psychological testing. Um, you get a psychologist, um, doctor, um, coaches, scouts are not psychologists. I want. Um, a psychologist who studies the player's biography and written pre-combine testing that she had done with him or her or, or you know him or her and then they ask questions it's incredibly accurate what they can know about a player it is where i convinced my staff not take lawrence phillips but to take eddie george um, now football reasons, I preferred Eddie George as well, but it was probably a lot closer football wise, but clearly a big risk to take Lawrence Phillips and it, it proved right. Why? Well, I knew the problems that Lawrence Phillips had, but they were cemented by the psychological interview by the psychologist. The physical testing is the other thing. After the physicals, medical physicals and interviews, in order, come the height and weight measurements, the timing, the testing, and individual position drills. Timing and testing include the 40-yard dash, age-old, foolproof method. It was invented in the 50s by Paul Brown, based on the fact that the average distant run while covering a punt is 40 yards. It gives a direct comparison between the receiver in 2023 to Jerry Rice. You know, a corner in 2023 to Daryl Green. 
the media emphasis placed on 40 times is important, but it's a speed-oriented league. But the three-cone drill, the short shuttle, or more um, of an in- indicator of how good a player's football speed is. No one don't. No one really pays a lot of attention to that because they don't understand it. So you get talking heads maybe over-talking the 40. While important, it's not everything. Running the 40 doesn't determine how good of a football player you are. It determines how fast you can run a 40, which is translatable to some degree on the football field. Um, don't get caught up in the guy that runs 4-4 and the next guy runs 4-3-5. It's just not a, a – it's not a factor really in evaluating two receivers. Um, fast guys run fast. Vertical and the long jumps measures explosive capabilities. That's huge. They directly correlate to explosiveness, which is a must in the NFL. The three cone drill, the triangle drill, the short and long shuttle drills, which are time. These are used to measure lateral quickness, agility, body control, Absolute requirement for NFL success. Uh, I ran an analysis every two years to make sure these drills correlated with success in the league. They did, and they do now. Since 1987, they've worked. There's a reason why we do it. Because you don't understand it, doesn't matter. This is not for the media and the fans' enjoyment, although that's what the NFL is trying to do. And the This is about understanding what's important for scouting evaluators. Each team has a minimum standards for these drills, which a player must meet or exceed to earn a place on the draft board. Along with their film, his playing ability grade affects the round in which he'll be placed. For example, a wide receiver that maybe has a sub 4-5-1 in the 40, a sub um, 7-1 in in the – Three-cone drill, Um, those guys make the board. The qualifying number varying by team, position, and system of football, they count a lot. Um, Tom Landry was big on this. Bill Parcells, you know, look, you can't make exceptions. These guys, I learned from them, you can't make exceptions to height, weight, and speed. You got a whole bunch of exceptions and you're not going to be good. You know, people will point to the exceptions. Sam Mills was great and he was 5'9". Drew Brees was great and he wasn't tall. Those are the exceptions. The problem is everybody wants to throw every short quarterback and every short linebacker into the category of the next Sam Mills and the next Drew Brees. There have been 20,950 next Sam Mills and Drew Brees. They're not there because those guys are the exception. So what matters is, yes, you can make it and be an exception. But you're going to have to overcome it by the other attributes. Just because you're short and you play well doesn't mean it's going to translate to the pro game. Uh, neither Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf, you know, um, at the combine. Leaf had a gun for an arm. Manning wasn't great. 
Um, Tom Brady's arm strength was below standard. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning are Hall of Famers. Ryan Leaf was a bust. Why? Because there were other things that factor into it. This is just a physical evaluation. It doesn't determine their character. Again, we look at other things to determine that. It doesn't determine their football intelligence, their football commitment. Those things are different. They're important, but they're different. You got to separate them, but then you got to bring them together. Private pro day workouts are better, but not necessarily. What a player does on video tells you what he is. If they did away with the on-field workouts, it wouldn't have a major effect on how we scout. It wouldn't. It just it wouldn't matter. I think workouts for a defensive back are more important than any other position because the film often cheats a player in the secondary because maybe they throw away from him. You don't see him do certain things. So I can see him in a press look, in an off look, turn and run that I might not see enough on film because they may play him in the box a little bit more or they may play him deep a lot. I mean, we want to see things. Position coaches who play high value on certain position drills. If there's a good reason to value that coach's analysis of a specific drill, we honor that. So, um, you know, like an offensive lineman, the shuttle and triangle drills measure footwork. Uh, I want athletic linemen. This would grade these players post-combine who, who refer to those times and grades. The point is the combine there serves 32 teams under one roof. And not all drills fits every club's template, but we try to get enough of it to cover everybody. It's kind of like having a menu. You want to have enough there to please everybody's taste, but some people are not going to like some of the things on the menu. Combine results do affect the draft grade. If a player does not meet some of the requirements of height, weight, speed, medical, physical, psychological, it can lower his grade. In some cases, it might take him off the board. However, workout warriors who do exceptionally well at the combine get an extra look. Okay, so if you don't play well on film, that doesn't make you a football player. But if you're a great athlete and you show it and you don't have a good grade on them, you go back and look at film. You go back and try to figure out why a guy's not successful because he should be. There are things you can determine. I'll give this example as I close this out. There was a player came out of Nebraska a few years ago. He was an offensive lineman, played guard. His tape was pretty average. He played high, meaning he looked, you know, a little high at the snap, and he lost leverage at the point of attack. So on tape, clearly looked like not a very good athlete. When we worked him out at the combine, and, and we do a, a, a very advanced flexibility test, not just the drills, but other things, all the flexibility tests, the explosion numbers, the bend was outstanding. You didn't see it on film. You can get down low in the stance, and you can't do it on the in the game. 
you, you don't know. It's, it's, it's a question. Well, you can just say, well, the guy's not a player. It's not smart. Not a baller. You can't just do, you better do your homework. You better study it. So as went back and looked at film, more and more film on this guy. Studied him. Um, talked to his coaches. Watched him play. Saw how he played hot. Well, one of the things we learned at the combine, he had a hearing difficulty in his right ear. He played left guard. Now, he could hear, but he was like hard of hearing. He had a hearing ailment in his right ear. So, you know, a lot of people thought, well, he's just, he's not a smart guy. He doesn't know the snap count. He doesn't, you know, you, we did all that test and he was fine. So it's perplexing, but you still do work and you look for it and you find it like a detective. And you find out, well, okay, wait a minute. This guy is smart. He's athletic. He plays well, but not as good as he should. He had a hearing problem. So at left guard, when he hear checks, he naturally raises his head to hear better. Now, he didn't consciously do it. It was unconscious because he wanted to hear better in the crowd. If you're talking to him in a room, he's fine. You can hear in the other ear. But with crowd noise, sideline noise, and he couldn't hear on that side. Well, they had never detected the hearing problem. Because he could hear. He wasn't deaf. He could hear. He just couldn't hear good. Sometimes a player can see, but they can't see good. Now with Lasix, with, you know, permanent lenses, all the things that you can do. We test all of that. The peripheral vision, we, we you know, that eye muscles. And there are exercises you can do with that. Lots of, tons of things. So, long story short now, and I know that's too late for that. It's a long story. but. So when we got the guy tested, we realized, okay, first of all, they did some things to help his hearing. And then once he got in the league, he was a six-round pick because of his film. He was in the league. He was the best guard in the league for about a three-year running with the New Orleans Saints then signed a mega, mega million dollar contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, you, you sometimes can look at a player and think you see certain things. All this does is give you further indications of what a guy um, is. Carl Nix was the guy's name. He was a six-round pick out of Nebraska. He probably had, you know, high second round ability, late first round guard. Again, best guard in the league in the height of the St. Super Bowl run. Uh, Bushrod and Nick are the two guards, the best two guards in the league, protecting the middle of that line for a height deficient. Drew Brees was a big part of it. That, if you didn't do your extra work, you missed out on Carl Nix. A lot of people did. Six round pick. Best guard in the league for a while. It's one example, but there are many others that you find out about a guy's character. You find out about a guy's medical and how it translates to the football field. And not 
well, this test or that test eliminates them or not, it tells more information so that you can go back and figure out the whys. That's what we're looking for. Evaluating a player is like a puzzle with a lot of pieces. And every piece is not going to be a big middle piece or the right end piece, but every piece is important if you're going to properly evaluate a player. So we're looking to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And we're looking to put all the information together so that it makes sense. That's where you ultimately get guys set up on your board correctly. And that leads to good draft day decisions. So hopefully that gives you an idea of what we're looking for. We're not looking for workout warriors, but workout warriors will cause you to go back and look at the film room. Guys that don't work out well, but have good film, we just need to look and see, can they translate? People will say, why do you even bother with workouts? The film tells you everything. The film does not tell you everything. The film tells you how good a guy is playing in college. If you play at Alabama against Georgia or vice versa, that may be the best level of football in the country in college. It's college. That doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL success. Oh, you might make it, but you might not be as good. How do you translate is all that matters. You can have every award winner. You can win every award there is. How a guy translate that matters. And if a guy is productive in college, that's great. That is indicative that you do have the transferable skills to go to the NFL. But the measurables that we take helps us to determine whether this guy has enough measurables to match maybe a guy that's played in the past that has been successful. If he doesn't, then it caused some it's some cause for concern or rechecking to make sure that the guy can be successful. Can Bryce Young play college football at the highest level? You betcha. Can he play great football in the NFL? I absolutely you betcha. But is his lower body going to hold up in the NFL? Or is he going to be more of a Tua type player that's going to struggle from a durability standpoint? Maybe a great player, both of them. But if you're not durable enough, you're going to take that guy high? Well, somebody will, yes. But there's an inherent risk with that. If you don't make that right decision and you and you miss on him and he goes somewhere else, that's a huge miss. If you take him and he doesn't pan out, well, you can always go back and draft another one down the road if he's not durable, but that is something that you worry about as well. You might miss on a guy that you take that high, and that could cost you your job if you're running a franchise. So it's how a guy translates, not his awards, not necessarily how well he played in college, but that is important. But You've got to determine, is that success of film in college going to translate to the NFL? And all of these things that we study on film, off of film and into the psychological testing, the medical testing, the workouts, the measurements, all of those things are put into a puzzle. And when you get the full piece of the puzzle, you have an idea where you want to set a player up on your board. That gives you an indication of what we look for at the scouting combine 
and combining it and how we go back to the film and complete the evaluation process of the player. A reminder, you can take advantage of the scouting season offer at LandryFootball.com. Get more information like this and breakdowns of all the information, NFL draft, combine, NFL free agency. We got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com. Try it out for a month, six months if you like, but the best offer we have is a scouting season offer at LandryFootball.com. Also a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network where you can get all of our football content. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you from the combine later. Take care.